Hey, everybody, it's Lee. I know we're heading into the offseason, so we wanted to give a shout-out to our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, one more time. And again, we have a coupon for $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at hockey.sensearena.com. I always like to remind everybody, I've been using this thing for six months, and I'm just blown away, not just from the VR aspect of it and the virtual reality side of things, but the ability to give different perspectives of the game, whether I'm playing as a goaltender, and I got to admit, it is really hard, but it has really given me a perspective from that point of hockey, which has made me a better coach and a better ice hockey player, or the skater modes, which help you work on cognitive skills and other things like heads-up play that you don't normally get to work on in a practice or a game. So I implore you to check it out. It helps us out. It helps them out. Support our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena. Get $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Again, that's Hockey Never Stops. That's the code at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Check it out. And without further ado, enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to this year's first edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. We have a lively discussion today about spring hockey because we know that even though it's January when this is being recorded, um, spring hockey, summer hockey, what are you doing this summer? What are you doing this spring? Those conversations are starting to, to come up right now. So we wanted to dive into it a little bit as the host, talk about our previous experiences, maybe what to look forward to and uh, general mindset into the off season and maybe what uh, you and your kids and your coaches should be looking at uh, from our point of view. Also, this episode is always brought to you by whenhockeystops.com. Uh, Christy and I wrote a children's book about dealing with adversity uh, and mental fitness. It's a great story and it's available now for pre-order. The book should be out uh, towards the end of the actual youth season. But uh, if you love what we do here, if you love what um, the show provides and you want to support us, it's a great way to do it. So head over to whenhockeystops.com right now and pre-order your copy of When Hockey Stops um, and let us know what you think. So without further ado, enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Play today, music. Hello, hockey friends and families around the world, and welcome to another edition of Our Kids Play Hockey, the first edition of 2022, another year in hell. No, I'm just kidding. It's not a year in hell. Uh, we're very happy to be here. We're very happy to be here for your 2022 first show of the year. It's January. It's cold outside. There's snow. So naturally, today we're talking about spring hockey, because as Mike Benelli said to Christy and I on the phone, uh, it's January and the parents are coming up to me, they're coming up to Mike, they're talking about what are we doing in the spring, even though this season's not even over yet. So we wanted to do a show about a few things. One is, why are we even having a conversation about spring hockey right now? I, we understand the anticipation. Two, what should you do about spring hockey? I think we're going to have a lot of different opinions on that. And then three, kind of what should you do moving forward here? Because like I said, there's still a lot of hockey season left. Uh, it's, it's a good mental note to not get too far ahead. But you know, there's nothing wrong with planning every once in a while. But Mike, let's start with you because this was a topic that you wanted to talk about. Uh, I think we'll name this episode "Spring Hockey in January," "Spring Hockey in the Winter." Why, why, right. why are we bringing this up today? Yeah, well, actually, I've been tabling this since November. So, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> fair. Really, what are you yeah. doing in the spring? When's it? You know, and then you see tryouts. You know, December 18th tryouts for this, and so. So basically what, what keeps happening over the last 35, 40 years that I've been as a, like a hockey director, somebody that's been an, an authority figure in the sport, I've always uh, wavered on both ends of this, right? If you own a rink and you own a facility, you can't close down in March. 
you got, you know, you're, you're, you know, it depends on what part of the country you're in. A lot of places, you know, they shut down, season's over, becomes a field house. And, you know, but more and more and more of us, you know, that, that, that are in the rink industry uh, have ice rinks that the ice costs the same to keep cold in, you know, April and May than it did back in November and, and December. So I think we, there, there's, a, there's a, a balancing act of where, how do you want to structure that financially for your business? And then what are the obligations that you should, as a hockey director or rink manager, um, an administrator, that you should be educating and helping your parents navigate so that they can, you can still make money, keep your business open, and, but the kids can, you know, kind of get the right balance of what spring hockey might be. So I thought it'd be a good time to talk about it. I mean, Christy's gone through this, right. um, you know, for, for a few years and, and you're going through it now, but you've also lived it as a player. So I just thought it would, I thought it's just to be a good conversation for all of us to have, because um, it's one of the most probably asked questions I've gotten in the last week is not, you know, what's going on with this weekend's games. It's what are you doing in the spring? <laughs> and uh, you know, and I, and I try to be, you know, politically correct in my in my answers to that right just of of like you know i always preface it or they preface it by i know you don't want to talk about spring hockey right but and i get it i get it and i know it's only january but <laughs> well then they'll say but you know february is one month away from the season ending and all right. of a sudden it goes wow the season is ending i mean it's coming to a close so and and, and everybody's trying to it's it's just like the uh, the chicken or the egg right do you start planning now because you don't want to be the last person to get on a team or get in a program it's, it's true. Or, or know about an opportunity. Um, even though what your heart is probably telling you is we got to wait. Like I, I should be thinking about buying lacrosse cleats, not right. another pair of ice skates. So. Yeah. I hate to be the party pooper here, but I'm, uh, but that's who I am. So um, <laughs> I've never been a fan yeah. of year round. Yes, you're the time. negative. You're I've the been... negative. You're the negative yeah. pessimist. In the that's how everybody thing. knows you, Christy, is the Thank negative you. one on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Never right. been a fan of year-round hockey, and I was always really excited when it ended because it was a great season. Look back, you know, fun. We had good times. We had highs. We had lows, and it was time to end when the season ends. And our kids would put down that stick and pick up another one, whether it be a lacrosse stick or, you know, track and do something else. Get with other people, other friends. Uh, pick up some other types of skills. And, um, and I liked being around, being outside and enjoying the spring weather and enjoying other parents and doing other things. Uh, it's a long season. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I, we never did spring hockey. We gave it a rest. That's just the way we were. Yeah, so obviously so, we're joking about I, you being the negative And I understand ones. the rinks are yeah. in need. Right. And I get that. But we also needed to just step away from it for a little while because then when hockey season rolled around the kids were all excited again I, you just got you got to look for signs of burnout for your kids especially so before you sign them up for spring hockey look at some of those telltale signs that maybe it's not the right decision for your family and your kids right absolutely well, i'll say this too it's not just burnout for the kids it could be burnout for the coaches too that's that's another big part about it and the parents and the parents too yeah you know I, I have mixed thoughts on, on spring hockey for, and I'll tell you why, because I, there's a story here. I always have lots of stories to tell. So look, my attitude is this <clears throat> going back to what Mike said before we transition out of this. Um, I think parents, the question you have to ask and coach this coaches, parents, players, 
is, you know, do you, A, do you even want to play hockey in the spring? Do your kids want to play hockey in the spring? Because, like, odds are this. When I, when I think about it from a parenting standpoint, keeping in mind, I'm the, I'm the younger parent here with, with the youngest kid in hockey. My attitude is this. Okay, does he want to play spring hockey or does he not? Or she, in this case, right? So my attitude is, like, you know, I think my son's going to want to break. So, you know, the other thing, too, is, like, the way the world is right now, you know, it's like get outside. Go, go play a sport outside. Go play soccer uh, baseball, whatever, little league. I don't care, but maybe go outside, do karate, anything. Um, but let, let's get away from the rink for a little bit, especially after the last two years. Uh, now that's my kid. All right. Now I was a kid when I played, I wanted to play year round. That was just me keeping in mind. I was a little older when I played, obviously when I started. Um, so for me, it was just fun. Now the story I wanted to tell was this. Um, when I started playing around 12 years old, I had an okay first season, a uh, lot of learning curves. Again, I was 12. It was my first year. I had to learn the game quite a bit. And I remember that that spring I joined a team and it was that team, uh, Christy, and they were called the red team where I really exploded for the first time. I, 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 I understood the game. It was a carefree environment because it was spring league uh, and I was able to really flourish and have fun. And that, that, that team, I always credit that little spring team with uh, the spark that really drove me to, through to today. <laughs> Now I'm thinking about it. Right. Um, but again, very unique situation. So I think spring yeah, hockey can so be good. not a one size fits all. It's not no, a one size no. fits all. But the key like was right this. for one kid may not be right. Right. The, yeah. The, the key with that spring team was this and looking back on it now, it's funny. It's funny looking at this in retrospect as a coach, because what I realized about that team now, it, it was only structured in the sense of, Hey, we have a game once a week. There was no real coaching. There was no practices. You know, it was just, you know, hey, go out there and have fun. You know, there was no yeah. judgment, right? And and I think that because that environment was like that, you know, I, there's no pressure. It was just go out there and have fun. And, and again, my skills were, were accelerating at a rate where that was the right timing for that. I can't stress this right. enough, right? Um, yeah. let's, bring in, let's bring in our silent partner here, Benelli. <laughs> the bearded one, the bearded Benelli. For those of you listening, the Mike, has, he's, he's sporting he a salt so and pepper beard. He looks so wise, doesn't he? Does. He? Right. So that's well. That's what I'm going. The elder like Yoda. The rest of the episode. <laughs> Hockey spring. You must not go. That's what, must yeah, not. I, must I, not. I, I'm, I, I'm not. You would have to man. agree. You got to agree. I know. I know. Well, your older kid is probably going to do a spring hockey league, or is is he picking lacrosse? Do you do well, both? Yeah, so so it's it's hard, right? As a parent, because there's so much anxiety because you think. Like I, I you, you think that by playing spring and summer, you're helping your child improve because they're, they're getting to play more. But the fact is science and, 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 and the studies that, that USA hockey and hockey Canada and hockey Finland and hockey Sweden and Czechoslovakia and Switzerland and wherever else, anywhere you want to go, tell you that playing other sports will make you a better athlete a hundred percent all the way around. Right. But if you've done your job as a hockey coach and an organization and your kids had a blast, then maybe there is a way to find, find a way to keep them together. I mean, so there's so many different variables here because what a lot of people use spring for is to get away from their team, like to, to look for higher opportunity to, to say, you know, to, to the point where, and I think we've had this conversation, Christy, before we were you're like, where it's like, Oh no, you, I'm not playing spring. Opera. And then you go to a tryout and you're like, Hey, the guy that said he's not playing spring hockey is there trying out right, because right. it's there's a lot of anxiety and there's just like oh my god my kid's gonna miss out but you know even me the last few years i'm like oh, i wonder if i'm doing the right thing by you know having the kids shut down 
And, you know, and, you know, and then the rink side of me, the ownership side, side of me says, well, there's got to be a better way. Like we're, where we are in the Northeast, right? And, and you're in a rink and you own a rink, then your goal should be to build programming to keep kids in your rink. Like if you're going to do spring hockey, make it where all the money is right. going to you, not to putting a team together to go play a marble every weekend or go play, you know, fly across the country. Like there's, there's to me, there's so much better ways that we can economically help our kids get on the ice and have, and to Lee's point, find creative ways to have fun and explore the game and be more pond hockey-ish right. in the spring when we don't have the time in the winter. Like our kids don't have the time in the winter to have fun because they're structured. They're, they're in yeah. leagues. They're in it's school. So- I, I, would, I would completely subscribe to that. But based <laughs> on our experiences, I have yet to see that. You know, these spring leagues are just as serious as right. the, you know, with their competitive, it's a lot of, you know, drills and there's no fun. It might it's be a higher hard, level. Hard, of comp- hard, it, hard, might hard. Be, it might be a higher level of competition because all of a sudden, all the kids that think they're elite all gather together. Like they, they all yeah. of a sudden they like now it gets really ultra competitive. And I, I think, to you know, to my point, I want to be in a Coleman pop up chair on the sideline of a lacrosse yeah. game. That's where I want to be. With a mug. Like, All right, you know, so and, th- yeah. let's let's stay with that. I, I'm a parent. I'm thinking, yeah, let's do a spring league. What should I look for if I want that balance for my kid? Well, I don't want it to be all work and no play. What what are some of the telltale signs of that? What should I look for? Yeah, well, me, me personally, even the way I run my own programs, I look for a program that's going to give your child the opportunity to be on the ice the most in a fun uh, environment that they can be creative and do things on the ice that they can't do in the driveway. You can't do in the park. Right. You can't do by playing other sports. I mean, hockey is so unique because if you're just training, right, you could train for anything. You, you could be just a great athlete, but hockey becomes very specific. And I, and I, so I think that's where the spring summer phenomenon and, and, uh, you know, the days of, you know, Wayne Gretzky saying, well, in March, I took my skates off. I might put them in the closet and I played baseball and lacrosse. And then in August, I found my skates again. If they fit, I got on the ice. It, it, I, I'm just telling you that's just not there anymore. It's gone. And but so how can we find a happy medium? Well, the happy medium is education. It's if your son, daughter could go out and play softball and baseball, lacrosse, taekwondo, find other things. And the nice thing, too, hopefully they might even find something that they actually like. Because maybe they hate hockey. Right. And all they're like, well, <laughs> I'm really good at this. And I've seen kids. I mean, I've seen, and again, I hate to be like, oh, I've seen a thousand kids. I have. I've seen so many kids and children that you think they loved hockey and they're dead in, in, in their eyes. Like February, they're not hockey. They don't want to be hockey. And they, and they all of a sudden they become the greatest track star you've ever seen or the greatest soccer player or they, or they picked up a guitar. I know it sounds cliche and none of us want to admit it. But if we don't give our kids opportunity to do other things, they don't know if they're going to be good at something else. And then all of a sudden you got a 15 year old that, that just quits but, and, and they have and, nothing else. And his whole life has been hockey. hockey. So he starts to identify through that. And that can become very right. dangerous uh, later on. Mike, the other thing too, adversely, when you let your kids try other things, you, you said, oh, they might find something else they love. It's also important that they might find that they don't like the other things and they really do love hockey, right? I mean, look, most, most of the listeners are probably married on this show. You spend a few days away from your wife or husband, things tend to be a little bit better when you come back because you, 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 you see it's not so easy maybe without them, or maybe it is. It depends on your life, obviously. But my point is this, is sometimes it's important to find out what you don't like. 
Um, again, we talk about this with young kids. Try different flavors of ice cream because you don't know which one you're going to like if you've only only had chocolate, right? You might yeah. like vanilla. So I think it's yeah. a great point. I think the other thing too is, you know, when you get to the springtime, uh, and, and I think we need to give the parents and the coaches listening some actionable items here, Mike. So what I what, what I like to do on this show is to try and split it up by age groups. Because like I said, look, yeah. when you're older, yeah. this is a very different conversation than when you're younger. So from where I sit right now, my son is about to be eight. Um, right now, I do, unless he wants to, I don't want him to play spring hockey. I actually really do want to get him into other sports. That's the route we're going to take. That's what his mother and I are going to plan. He's eight. Now, if he was 15 and, and he was serious about playing college, maybe beyond high school, all right. I'm not talking division one. I'm just talking, you know, he has aspirations. I'm not trying to stop my, my son or daughter from dreaming. Um, and he wants to be on a spring league team. That's another question. And again, we're going to joke about this too, because in the springtime, that's when the uh, ultra all-star elite triple A select teams are made with 15 <laughs> different names about how elite they are. Go, go ahead, Mike. That's my team. That's my team. <laughs> uh, well, with Mike, Mike it's, it's the Benelli all-star extra elite triple A four A's. Mike Benelli's team have four and you're right. I wish that helped. I, I, if I take the Benelli <laughs> off, I, I, I end up getting more kids. But I think I think it, it's absolutely age groups. Uh, do age the Benelli B All Stars? The Benelli <laughs> B All Star. Go ahead. We're not that. Yeah. We're not. Yeah, we're not that good. But I think I, you know, just just have fun. But I think I think you're absolutely right, Christy and Lee. I think you're. It's all age specific. Now, for me, if yeah. I had an eight year old, I'm going to be on the ice once a week. And then say, hey, listen, there's going to be a league that uh, there's a group of kids that get together. You pay $20 and you're in the, playing three on three. There's three right. teams going on at the same time. It's pond hockey in the spring. I still go to lacrosse. I still go to taekwondo. Make it cheap enough. Hopefully you get enough people right where if I always look at our ROI when I'm a hockey director, when I'm setting things up, I have to look at funding these things and look at parents and say, listen, if, if you have to make a choice of it's, it's 83 degrees on Tuesday night under the lights for a baseball game and you're like, Oh, I'm going to miss my $23.50 hockey <laughs> session. Go to the baseball game, find a way. And so you have to make, if, if hockey directors are out there or rink directors and people doing scheduling, find a way to bring the cost down for these parents to allow them to then make and choose and, and say, listen, I have an eight and a nine, a 10 an 11 year old. They just want to be in an, in an environment where I don't have to go on a bus. I don't have to get a ticket. I could just go to the rink at my leisure, and that's how you improve. I mean, any anybody that's in hockey development will tell you that's how you improve, right? I think, and, and conversely, with the fifteen-year-old, I mean, the funny thing is, I think most hockey professionals would would agree with me that being on the ice six days a week and seven days a week in the spring and the summer is not going to get you where you think you want to go. It's how are you? What are you doing in nutrition? What are you doing in the weight room at fifteen and sixteen? Right. What are you doing? How are you hydrating your body? How are you, how are you developing different muscles in your body? How are you mentally preparing for the next season? And you, you need to train that. And if you're playing hockey all the time, you don't have time to train other pieces of your game. And at the end of the day, that's actually what sets the players apart. I just had a conversation with a very high level. Well, he's high level, just in the fact that he's a USP, a USHL scout that they don't care about your skill. They care about what's in your brain. Right. They care about what's between your ears. I can develop that other stuff. I can look at a player. I can look at their genetics. I can look at their passion. I can look at the player that, 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 at any age. But what, what is going on between their head? And the only way to do that is to train that. 
And I don't think we do enough of that in the, in the quote unquote off season. Cause there is no more off season anymore. And we have to shut it down. And if you could go look for a baseball and look and try to catch a lacrosse ball or play soccer, it just opens up the possibilities for your kids. I know it's counterintuitive. Most of us like, well, how's my kid going to get better at hockey if he doesn't play? Well, hockey? They will. Oh. They will. They will. Yeah. They will. Yeah. And, or, or, or like I, look, mentally. I tell my parents all, like, or like I tell my parents all the time, or they yeah. won't. Or they won't. <laughs> yeah, but, and they won't yeah. because even when you think about the, the socialization aspect of it, I mean, you think about it. That I, my kids just loved their lacrosse friends, and they were a whole different group of kids. And, right different friends who played who uh ran track and so it was nice to see them bond with kids outside of the hockey team right. and uh you know they're lifelong friends too <clears throat> so you got to think about that too just for socializing and for their mental health and you don't want to over schedule your kids please don't do that i talked to a dad i talked to a dad the other day since he loves going to see his lacrosse kid play because he has no idea about lacrosse and he goes, sits on the sidelines and he just sits there. He's like, I don't know. I just listen to podcasts <laughs> like yours. Right. And I just watch my kid play lacrosse because I have no Isn't expectations. That, that is so I, fun. I, 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 just, I just look and go, I don't know. Looks like he's having fun. Right. I trust the coaches. <laughs> you know what's funny about playing. that, Mike? You know what's funny about that is I was talking to one of the parents on my team the other day. And she said to me, she said this totally correct. She says, you know, the problem with, with it's not a problem. She said, the thing with you and my husband, her husband's one of the coaches too, is that you guys just know too much. So, you know, you're watching a mic game and you just know so much. She goes, it's enjoyable for me because I don't know anything. And, and, and I know what she's talking about because I've experienced that too. When I took my kids to other sports in the past, it's, it's actually freeing for us when you get to watch your kid play a sport and just have fun because with hockey, uh, it's under such a microscope for, 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 for all three of us. Um, <clears throat> you know, one thing I want to say is this too. I want to look at this from a mental standpoint because you guys know I'm really invested in mental fitness and that being yeah. a, a major part of this. You know, if, if I split it up, I, I'll kind of say this to you guys and you tell me if you agree or disagree, right? The way I look at this from a mental standpoint is from uh, Adams, you know, 6U up through Peewee, 12U. So I, I refuse to give up those names. I love them too much. At those ages, as a parent, I feel like I play a major role in helping my children make a decision for the spring and the summer, meaning that like, okay, I, it's my responsibility as their father to kind of maybe make the best decisions for them uh, in terms of, Hey, maybe we should try a different sport. Maybe we should do karate uh, or may, or maybe, Hey, you know what? You could use a little help this summer on your skating. So let's find a, a skating activity or like, like you said, I love three on three leagues. I, I love non-traditional hockey leagues in the spring. Um, you know, 12, uh, uh, I'm sorry, U12 to U15 weird time period. All right. You have to base it on maturity because you can have a 15 year old that's eight and you can have a, an eight year old that's 15 at sometimes, but in that time period, a, a transition happens in my mind, okay? And when I look at from, you know, U15 or U12 up, my attitude is not, okay, I have to make the decision. It's I now need to assist my child in making a decision. And they may make the wrong decision, and I have to be okay with that. Because what I don't want my kids to do, and we, we alluded to this a minute ago, is get so focused on one thing that they go into uh, post high school times thinking if I don't do one thing well, I won't succeed. That is not true. That is not how life works, right? Um, and again, at the end of the day, I want my kid to pick another sport and maybe not be good at. It. I want them to learn how to fail elegantly and understand that okay, if I, if uh, maybe maybe my son or my daughter are re is really bad at soccer, I'm just picking a bad one, right? 
or I'm just picking an example here, but they learn that, okay, well, maybe I need to work a little harder to get a little better at this. Uh, you know, it's funny in my life, guys, I recently, again, I'm 38 years old. I recently picked up just playing basketball, never played basketball my whole life. And I suck at it and I love it. Yeah. I love that I'm bad at it because I, 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 I'm so in, again, this is just me. I'm a little bit of a nerd with this stuff, but I like working on my shot. I like trying to figure it out. Like I don't go play men's league or anything like that, but I just enjoy being outside learning something new because I suck at it. Right. And, and I want that for my own kids. Right. I don't want them to be afraid of, Oh, I can't shoot a basketball. I'm, I'm let, let me not try. Cause I'm really good at X, Y, Z. So that's how I break it down in my head from, from really up until U 12, it's my responsibility to help them make the decision or like make it for them in a way. Uh, and then, then U 12 up through obviously high school, I want them to make the decision and I'll be there to help them. Does that sound right? Am I crazy? Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that Christy's whole life, right? Christy, you're, you're both your kids. Okay. What, what, what are you going to take? What major are you going to take? Well, this is why, you know, think about this and think about what you remember. Remember when you really loved this, that summer camp you went to, or, you know, you're doing this as a parent because you're, you're, you, you have, you have time on your side. You have the ability to say, you know, the kids are thinking the moment like, Oh, I love aeronautics. Yeah. But you don't even know how to, you know, add two plus two. I said, probably, that's probably not the greatest yeah. like thing for you, but I said, yeah. you know, I, you know, but I think that's, that's the point, right. Is that when you, as you, as a parent, your it's your obligation to not direct, right. but to, but to say, lay it on the table and help your kids say, I really, you know, what am I going to take in high school? Spanish, French, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it is you know, think about how am I going to help structure? Like my wife does all that on our side. Right. So I'm like, I, I said, you do what you want to do. And you're like, well, you can't just do what you want to do because everything, everything, everything has, right. everything else has consequences. Like, of course, the kids, a lot of kids will say, I want to play hockey every day. Well, there's consequences to that. That means right. you're not, you're giving up all of this part of your life. So let's be, let's think about it. Let's really have a conversation. And, it, and ultimately, you know, especially you're like our kids age, Lee, like an eight, yeah. a nine, a six-year-old, if you can't manipulate that kid into right. thinking a little bit the way you want to think, then I don't know. And then maybe- well, What gotta, are we doing? You think <laughs> yeah. Doing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're not parenting. You can influence those kids. I, I think I, right. I think the word, I don't know if influencing is the right word, but but you're direct, you, you could start helping them make those decisions. Right. Now, my son just, he's 25 years old now, just announced to me that he wants to take piano lessons. Now, okay. When he was three years old, we have a piano at home. I would sit him at that piano and I would try and get him to play. He'd jump off the piano and run around and wanted nothing to do with it. Every year I'd sit him down and I was like, this is going to be the year you're going to learn piano. Never wanted to do it. So you right. can't force him to do it, right? I'd call in a piano teacher and make him sit there and force him to learn piano. Now he just finished watching the Beatles documentary <laughs> and he calls me up. He says, wow. I'm really sorry. I never paid attention to you all those years. With it, I want to learn piano. Right. Okay. So at age 25, now he discovers he wants to learn piano. So for Christmas, I got him a little keyboard, and he's learning piano on YouTube. But That's awesome. you can't force your kid as much as you want that for them. Right. And at some point, they're going to discover. Maybe I maybe I should have, but but now there's a well, time in my life that's, where I'm that's their, start that's, doing it. That's their passion, right? I run I run a, I run, a I run a hockey program down in Brooklyn, New York. I can't tell you all of the forty and forty five year old men and women 
that start hockey for the first time right that are like i don't know oh i love the rangers i just want to try it like right like, yeah. what, what's i go you're 40 years old you want to just try <laughs> right. hockey great i yeah. love it you know like how did we do it you know and just, just don't forget that's a long way down right. like a three-year-old doesn't have that far down right so it's <laughs> a long way down but you're absolutely right though and i think that's what i love about you know being involved in new sports is that you get to see kids have this passion but maybe unless you like we talk about this all the time in mental fitness and coaching and getting to know your kids try to find out what else that kid likes and right. oh my god you're a piano player that's unbelievable we all yeah. we want to hear we want to hear your next recital and be yeah. you know and, and but encourage that like encourage as a youth hockey coach encourage the kids doing something else in the spring and yeah. not saying listen if you don't come to my spring program you're gonna you're gonna fall behind and you're probably yeah. not gonna make my team and i think yeah. that's just and, a, and that's, i think that really hurts the- our all of our kids. It is the biggest fear. So many parents, you know, want the best for their kids, obviously. And then they see other kids are doing the spring league and other kids are in the gym wow. five days a week. And there, there's this fear that your kid is going to fall behind. And when, when the new hockey season rolls around, that everyone's going to be so much yeah, better but, than your kid. You know, I'll say this, I'll say this. And Mike started the show with this. And this is where humans are, and I am not, I am not an exception to this in any way, but this is where humans are weird, right? We said it, that if you play other sports, statistically, scientifically, everything shows you'll become a better athlete, but it's like sugar. We all know sugar is really, really bad for us. <clears throat> we all know that probably 20 years from now, we're going to look at sugar like smoking in the 50s, <laughs> but we still put sugar in our coffee every single day. Right. All right. Well, I do. <laughs> the majority no, of people. Uh, my point to you is, is humans know a lot of things that they shouldn't be doing and they do it anyway. It's just human nature. I'm not judging anybody by that. that that's always no, going to be true. So it's the yeah. same thing. Well, they might not make the team, you know, look, <clears throat> I'm not going to sit here and, and take the high road and be like, well, well, so what if they don't make the team, they can learn when your kids hurt, you hurt. And I can understand that hundred percent. And, and, you know, one of the fun parts of parenting right now for me guys, again, my kids are, are, are uh, eight and five. Right. So I'm really falling into it now. Again, Christy, you've been through it. Mike, you're in the middle of it. But one of the things that I find fascinating, this totally applies to what we're talking about, is you start to see things from two different points of view. You start to see things from your parents' point of view for the first time ever of, oh, man, I sound like my dad. I sound like my mom. They used to say this to me. Um, And then when you do that to your kids, you also kind of remember what it was like to be a kid, hopefully. All right. So one of the things that's funny about spring hockey in this situation and Christy, I wanted you to tell, I wanted to tell you this because this is something that, that I'm realizing now as a younger parent is that I can't tell you how many times <clears throat> my parents might have said something to me and I didn't listen in the moment when I was a kid, but I still retained the lesson. All right. <clears throat> and I think parents have to remember that there's a lot of times where my parents said, don't do this, don't do this. And I fought them. I know what I'm doing, dad. I know what I'm doing, mom. You know, you don't have to tell me. Mike, this is basically any coach coaching their own kid in hockey, right? You don't, don't coach me, dad, I can do it. But here's the thing, you know, my 20s, my 30s, I remembered all of that. And I, I'm, I applied it later on, right? So, so I think it's what I'm, what I'm bringing up here is parents, we have to remember, like, that's part of parenting is telling your kids something over and over and over again. They don't do it, but they might do it when they're older, right? Or how many, how many of us have done something to our kids? This has happened to be a few times where, I get very stern or I, I parent them. I'll just put it that way. And I go, man, my mom did that to me and I hated it. And now I'm, I'm doing it to my kid, but she was right. <laughs> you know, I, I, it happens all the time. I, just, I, did that, I did that the other day with Sophia. She called up, she was really tired. 
What are you eating for breakfast? Are you eating a good right. breakfast? What are you having for dinner? Right. Are you eating your fruits and vegetables? And she said, mom, you sound like grandma. Like, oh my God, it's happened. I sound like my mother. Right, right. I threw a wooden clog at one of my kids yesterday uh, just, to make, <laughs> just, just to help. Just to help make the make the point. Yeah, but I think that I think that's you know <laughs> mandatory reporters. You don't need to report that. Just so you know, I'm just going. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> but it's just it's the same I thing. Borrow we, we, that from you. Can we, I borrow we, your wooden clog? I think that's right. a brilliant. The, idea. the wood, the wooden spoon, and the wooden and the, and the clog. Right. I mean, I think it's just like like we just we just evolve, and and I think yeah. we have to know that that that's that's just part of life. Right. And I think we we can evolve in 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 sports too. We can evolve to the point where you know, yes, are there Tiger Woods and Serena Williams and Yes, there are these these, these these one in a generational athletes, these unbelievable, gifted, talented people. But to get there, the sacrifice and the fact that you genetically have to be there to do it. And I just think there are kids. Listen, oh, there's, there's plenty of kids. I would say, you know what? The kid's phenomenal. You're doing, you're doing a great job mentally with them. The person's a, a, a high honor roll student. He's in the church choir. He's, you know, all this stuff, right? Doing that's the that's that kid. But there's so many hundreds of thousands of kids that aren't that. And I think what's happened in our society with sport is that the anxiety of me not making that top team or second team is is so high because there is no wreck anymore. Like once you don't make that team, there's nothing. It's it's literally You're right. Like just no structure and no fun. So the, the difference between that's why I love like with the NHL, what they're doing these rookie, they call them rookie leagues. Right. And all this, this structure of 10 U hockey being this, it looks like hockey. You feel like hockey. It's a league, but you don't have to travel anywhere. It's all in your community. And I think that's where, you know, those of us that are in hockey and in hockey development, see like the Minnesota model and see the community model and, and, and long for that. Right. Because, right. because we love, <laughs> The fact that you could, you could, the same kids in, in, in the ideal world, right? The same kids that you ended the hockey season with should be the kids you're on the field with. Right. And they should that's be right. the kids you're in, in, in music class with. And that's, right, that's like right. this idyllic, but that's what we see. Like our, our model, USA hockey's model, right. Is modeled after those countries like Finland and Sweden and Norway, that that's their model because those are their communities. Those kids don't get to go from one community and travel two hours they they are in their community and they're in their their uh their village right so they're they don't so we that's but that's in in the u.s and the canadian market that's idealistic that's like oh my god of course we would want that we i mean wouldn't we all want that wouldn't we all want to know yeah. that my kid could go to yeah. a rink play hockey until they're 16 and then play all the other sports with all the same kids that are playing hockey with them and then the best go to where they go yeah. I mean, there's no better, there's love, no better I scenario. Love to see that. I would but love just, to see that. Right. But we've opened up, we've just opened up a, 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 a just a horrible system in for the majority, the minority yeah. make it the minority move on. Right. But the majority yeah. of us quit hockey and then get back into it and then play adult league. <laughs> right. You're bringing up a good point to remind everybody and, and look, I'm saying this cautiously that youth hockey is a business. You got to remember that too. Now it's also the greatest thing ever. All right. <laughs> if you're playing, all right. But we got to remember that it's a business and, and these organizations, especially in the spring are going to make decisions to make money. 
Now, I'm not saying that like, oh, evil capitalism. I'm a capitalist. I'm not against it. But what I'm saying is, as a parent, you just have to remember that in the back of your head of like, look, they're they're making decisions to also make money. All right. And, and, and that can be very manipulative too. If you don't play in this league, you're not going to play on my team next year. Uh, if your kid's good enough, they'll play. All right. That's the truth. If a kid's good enough, they're going to find a spot on a team. That's yeah, always my true. plea. My plea, Lee, is that, right. that ownerships and rink owners and people that run these programs, they can still make money. Totally. But doing it, but a different model is what's better for the community. Like I don't, right. I just don't get it. And, and I, 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 I say this lightly. I mean, like when I look at organizations that I work with, I'm like, what like calculator are you using? Like I'm using a calculator. You're using like an abacus or something. Like, I don't know what you're using to come up with the numbers that make you think you're like, if it's all about money, it's right. all about the profit. Right. Then why would you pick a team and then take that team and go to another rink and exactly. play a weekend tournament? Exactly. I said, why wouldn't you just <laughs> they feel say, the pressure too. The kids are in my rink. They're spending money at my snack bar. <clears throat> they're buying my hats, my t-shirts, my slushies. And they're, and they're, and when they break their stick, they're buying stick from my pro shop. So to me, more community, more in-house, more well, look, programming within your rink is the yes. smarter way to do it. And guess what? It actually helps the kids. I'll take it a step further a for you. I'll take it a step further for you. Look, there's very few rinks nowadays that are just one rink, right? And I love it when I see rinks uh, melt down one of their surfaces and use it for other sports, soccer, flag football. Uh, my son goes to an after-school program at a, at, a, at a roller rink but they play every sport you can think of on those, on those tiles. I know, again, Mike, I know that's not an option for every rink. I know ice time brings in a lot of money. I, I, I get it, but I'm saying that, you know, there's no reason you can't run an outside flag football program at your ice rink. Uh, you know, that the NFL has a great uh, 60 minute program for that. There's a lot of ways to grow the hockey rink outside just hockey. So I think for rink directors or even parents, you, you can suggest that. You know, it, what's also funny, Mike, is that it's like every major sport um, is going through this kind of crisis right now of retaining people and finding new people, you know, and, and you can go through them quickly. Like football obviously has a concussion problem. They're trying to solve that to get kids to play football at a youth level. A lot of parents don't want the kids playing football right now, understandably, with all the news about CTE. So they're having to find ways around that. Uh, baseball uh, is major league baseball is one of the worst run leagues in sport right now. They are losing fans in droves. Uh, and one of the things about baseball is that if you look at the average age of a fan, it's going up every year, which means they're not bringing in new people. I know we have little league, but they're not retaining that. Uh, basketball has gotten very political and in hockey, it's just not inclusive enough. Right. We, we all know that. Right. And, and to be fair, the NHL seems to be making uh, some roadways to make it more inclusive, but Mike, to your point, the more, capitalistic we make it or more selective we make it we're going to lose people and if you lose people you lose money right you also lose your sport so it's just kind of a warning of just you know you gotta you gotta keep those rinks open for everybody and like look man <clears throat> i played on select teams growing up especially when i was getting older you know 17 18 i was really blessed to play on some really high level teams nobody ever asked me what spring league i played on nobody all right. If it was a showcase at 17, that's a little bit different because because you look at a college, you know, some of those make sense. Right. For the, the ultra elite. But, Mike, that goes back to what you were saying at that point. At that point, you're, you're kind of on a pathway. Right. But when you're 14, pubescent, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, you just got to do what's right by your kid. So like, like again, we, we have a few minutes here, obviously, but <clears throat> I think just kind of rounding the topic back, you know, we have a lot of parents that listen to this show. 
I think it's just about helping your kids make the right decision and understanding what's going on. Like, look, it, it's funny. I feel the anxiety. This is the thing I've been learning this year. I feel the anxiety on the bench watching my kid. I do. I always say I'm so thankful for this show because I'm able to feel that anxiety. I want my kid to do the absolute best he can do. And it's frustrating when he, when he does not in my eyes. But I also have this show to back on to of like, Lee, calm down. Like you're, you're, you, you've, Christy and Mike have told you this is going to happen, you know, and you've got to kind of suppress that a little bit or compartmentalize it and understand that if he's smiling at the end of the game, that's all that matters right now on his 8U team, right? And, and, and again, his head coach really understands that. I'm very thankful for that. Um, but I, as a parent, you got to be careful. I'm, and I'm actually more asking this than saying it. You just got to be careful because your own inhibitions, your, your own attitude will negatively affect your kid especially if you're not asking the kid, what do you want to do? Right? Like, like, so just coming back to spring hockey, if you're thinking about spring hockey, before you ask the coaches, and Mike, you tell me if you disagree, but before you ask the coaches and the parents and everybody, what are you doing? What select team are you going on? Maybe ask your kid, hey, do you want to play hockey in the spring? Or do you want to do something else? I, to me, that's the starting point, right? Yeah. And my kids have always, and we've always asked them, um, what do you want to do this spring? They've always picked other sports, track, lacrosse, right. um, you know, band, whatever. They would pick other things to do. They needed a break. That was my kids. Right. And I would listen to them. Now, as Sophia got older and got more serious about hockey and decided she wanted to play college hockey, that changed. Right. But you got to take your cue from your kid, right. listen to them. And look, and maybe you also, you know, kind of dig a little deeper and, and ask them some probing questions to see if they're telling the truth and not just giving answers that they think you want to hear. Right. That's hard. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. In my, like, in, my, in, my, in my advisory role with parents, it's always like, I, I, I know they should take the time off. Like I know as a dad and a mom, they, I, should, I should make them not play. But what if they do play? And what if they find what Lee found? Like, and what, and, and, you know, so I think it's all the, there is, it's just so much anxiety for parents that maybe just find the medium then, you know, you right. don't have to go all in on, you know, this tournament, but you're in all the, I think the one thing we all have to step back to is say, all our kids aren't the same. They're not just because of 15. And I, I, and I would say like, I, I got 18 kids on my roster. 18 of the kids, I could ask them the same question privately, every one of them, and I'm going to get 18 different answers. And, but if you put them in a room together, the first kid that says something, and he's the strongest personality in the room, they're all going to go that way, right? And, 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 I, and I know that I can influence you know, my boys if I say, hey, you know what? We got spring hockey coming up. This person's doing it. We pro this is the coach. Look at the opportunity you have, you know, this player grew up and this is what they did. And this is the path they took. You could do that. And it's hard not to do that. It, there's no doubt about it, but I think it's look at your individual child, ask right. them first, do you want to play? Cause I love watching you play no matter what you're playing. And I, it, but, but what you're not like to, to, to me, I kind of fall on the other side, but you're not going to not do anything. Right. So to me, <laughs> I, at some point, you, you know, I'm like, you're not going to not do anything. Like it can't right. be like, I don't want to do this. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to do nothing. Well, we're doing something. So what are, what do you, I don't give you care if you tell me you want to do a finger painting class. Right. I don't care what it is. Right. We're going to have activities that are going to keep me from going insane. And, you know, somebody else is going to have to watch you instead of me. And I'm going to pay that person to do that. <laughs> so how, but what can you do 
that that you but listen to your kids if they if they if, if and you know what Chrissy you made a great point it it might be subtle it might not be adamant it might not be like oh I don't really I don't know if I want to play dad all right, right, right well let's explore that a little bit right let's not just say okay we're not playing you're you're disappointing me I can't believe you don't want this as bad as I do yeah right. I'm like I'm like that can't be the answer either and I think yeah. uh, and and that's that to me is as I've seen over, you know, 30 something years of doing this with every level, especially youth hockey level, that's really where I've spent the most of my professional life is this is the time of year when the, the anxiety is the highest because it's a transition. Right. And it really sets the tone for where am I going to be to get back to this place again next year? <laughs> and it, it can ruin this yeah. year, Mike, it can ruin yeah, yeah. this well, year. A, a, yeah. a, a Listen, we, point, we don't even have time. We don't even have time for yeah. that conversation. But yeah. you have tryouts yeah. right now and your kid makes a team in right. January and the other kids don't make a team in January. Then you got to yeah. play with that kid for two months. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. can ruin your team. <laughs> yeah. And a good point about putting on that poker face when you're asking your kids questions about what they want to do, because you're right. They're going to, they're going to try and pick up on what you, you want. want. Oh, right. I don't want to disappoint mom. I, I don't want to make dad mad if I don't do the spring hockey league. So put that poker face on when you're asking them about what they want to do for spring. Yeah, you know, another one is like just uh, thoughts that I have, things I deal with. You know, I try and catch myself when I have a thought or even I say out loud something like, you know, when I was your age, I did this. Right, right. I, I try not <laughs> to do that. And like, look, if it slips out once in a while, I kind of I kind of review of like, okay, why did I do that? You know, it's their life. Yeah. It's their life. Now, with, their, with, yeah. with that said, you got a parent. You know, I, I always think about this too. I always, I always talk to parents about this too. Like, you know, when you're a football fan, what makes you the biggest football fan? Is it the guy that takes his chair and throws it to the television set when the team loses because he cares that much that he wants to break his TV? Is that what makes you a great football fan? No. What <clears throat> makes you a good football fan, <clears throat> excuse me, or a good football patron is that you learn about the game, you care about the game, you invest the time in the game. I look at parenting that way. You know, I got to push my kid. I got to push my kid. Well, Yes, you do, but you got to do it the right way. You don't want to throw the chair through the TV at your kid. You want to make sure that they understand how to learn and how to understand and maybe know when to walk away uh, or step aside for a minute. So again, I fully admit, Mike, Christy, I have not dealt with the upper level echelon of pressure in youth hockey yet. Um, so it's very easy for me to sit here and say, just do what the right thing, right? But I can tell you at, at my kid's age at eight, um, you know, I want him to try other things. I think it's smart. It, it's the same thing. Like I said, with my daughter right now, like try different foods. So you learn what you like and you don't like, <laughs> I don't want to eat anything else. Try other foods. I, like that's how I feel about sport at the youth ages. And then I think, I think we, all three of us said it when, when you get older, yeah, it's a case by case decision. I played every single spring, but I also hadn't played before. So my attitude was I had five summers to make up for lost time. And I, this is the other key. I loved every second of it. I loved every second of being on the ice. Okay. Um, but you know, it's funny, Christy, Mike, I look back, I, you know, I always say I never played other sports, but Mike, you made me think about this. I was in choir. I was in choir in high school and I was really dedicated to that team. Um, and I, I had a whole other group of friends. It's funny. Cause I realized now I never mixed those two worlds together. In fact, it's, it's probably likely that no one in hockey knew that I sang. It's not cause I was embarrassed. It was just, I did something else. Uh, and that group influenced me in very positive ways as well, right? So everybody, parents, again, we don't judge anybody here. It, you got to do what you think is best with your kid, but you also have to let your kid do what they think is best for them and guide them. To me, that's what parenting is. Um, 
You know, it's like I said, it depends on the decision. My daughter tells me every morning right now, I don't want to put my jacket on. That's not a choice. You put your jacket on because I'm telling you to do it and it's cold outside. That's that's not a choice. I don't like the, well, if she gets cold, she'll put it on. Like that, that's the balancing act though. There are some parents that, that parent that way, right? So that's a whole nother tangent, but we got, we got a couple minutes left. I'll let you guys have the final words. Okay, final words. Lee, you were in choir? I was, I was, I was in choir. I for, think you should close this out with a song. I, I, listen, say? I would, you know, it, what's funny is um, I started, I started in like fourth grade. Like I just started and I went all the way through high school and I was in an award-winning choir as a bass, if you can believe that. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. When, when people ask me that, like, tell me something about you, nobody knows. That's usually where I usually go with that. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Mike, did you know this about him? No, no, but I, I, I have seen him shoot a basketball, so I know he didn't play <laughs> basketball growing up. But I have no problem with that. That doesn't bother me at all. You should see me <laughs> now. I'm much better now. No, no, I know. His social media uh, is getting better and better and better. It's just right, totally right. That's the point. That, but but that's I, the I, progress. I, I, but I say it all the time. I mean, I, I, my, my best, I, I, would, I would venture to say that my best players, like, and I don't mean my best players, like as far as like at prep school and high school, the best kids, like the kids that had the most vibrant personalities and the kids that really helped the team were the lead in the school play played a musical right. instrument we're on the debate club we're on model un we're ambassadors at the school like they're just well-rounded and they found the time like right. and so but i think you know that's a whole like that's my closing thought is just the over scheduling and not allowing this the, the, the time to do these other things is detrimental to your kids and, and and again if they can make it through the gauntlet and they end up playing college hockey great but if they yeah. missed every other thing, everything, right. and then still didn't go anywhere, it's a right. real damn shame. And, and I can tell, you know, my daughter is playing college hockey and we always made time for her to be a kid. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. I, you know, it's funny as I think about this, you just, you're making me think. It's just, I, I, I often look at some of the kids' schedules that I see and the parents are like, oh, it's so exhausting to have to do all this. I'm like, how do you think your kid feels? And yeah. you know, anyway, I usually get back. It's well, they're young, they can handle. I'm like that. I, you know, I think that's wrong. I think they have more energy, and I think they heal a lot faster. All right, so I think they've got that going for them. But if you're exhausted, they're probably exhausted too. All right, yeah. I see these kids on two or three different hockey teams, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not criticizing that, but I, I honestly don't know how the parents. Do I it. am. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 look, no, I, I see the kids are crying. They're crying coming to the rink. Now, do they end up liking it? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that, well, that's like, a problem. That's a like, problem. Yeah, everybody like I, I know that does that likes it. I watch a kid go from soccer to right. lacrosse to baseball in a day. It's I'm unbelievable. Like, guys, is it yeah. really? I mean, yeah. let's let's rethink this. But whatever. That's I, I just think at the end of the day, well, it's like anything, right? Moderation and right. and controlling the schedule and and giving yeah. time to you know a kid, and that's yeah. hugely important. I think we all forget that you know eighteen year olds are not eight year olds, and if we can think about that a little bit easier and they and they certainly shouldn't be in a job they shouldn't like when i see social media posts of we're in the grind of the season and you're eight like imagine <laughs> like it's a grind like right. your, your season is a grind it's a january you're in the grind of the season and you're eight i i can't even fathom it can't fathom it right yeah well 38 down to eight either way it's a different point of your life uh christy i will say yeah. that the singing helped me out with my podcast voice all right, but I can do a mean that you were a mean one, though, Mr. Grinch. I, I used to have fun. Oh. 
Yeah, no, I won't do that to now. Uh, listen, this was a great episode. And, and sometimes our unscripted episodes are the best one. Uh, obviously, I want to wish all of the listeners a very happy new year. Uh, we, we really hope you're nothing but the best in 2022, uh, considering the climate in the world right now. And we want to thank you for listening to our show. Our audience consistently goes up, and it's also very consistent in terms of listens. Uh, that's a blessing beyond words that, that you have put your trust and time into this show uh, and we'll keep bringing it for you throughout the entire year, especially in the springtime, right? When you're not playing hockey, we'll, we'll try and have a lot of guests on uh, to make it work. But that's going to do it for this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Make sure to check out whenhockeystops.com. Check out the book that Christy and I wrote. Uh, Mike Benelli is going to have a review on that soon. Um, really, really strong book that we wrote together. It's going to be coming out uh, physically in late March, but you can pre-order it now uh, and get some free gifts. So check that out. Uh, otherwise, make sure you check out this episode and every other episode of Our Kids Play Hockey at ourkidsplayhockey.com, or you can check us out wherever podcasts can be heard. With that said, have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful year. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.